Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. His masterpiece has been all about looking at the artistic view of 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 God and I had a present that was given to me just this morning uh, by Stephen Torres go ahead and Stephen just wave your hand if you would just real quick awesome now listen this gift that that I received I haven't seen it yet but this gift that I receive is very very special because Stephen doesn't give give these out in fact there have been people that have asked people that are really close to him that have asked hey would you would you you know paint me a picture or 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 or, you know do this or that for me and boy if he's just not feeling it he's not gonna he's just not gonna do it and I just want you to know how special this is to receive a gift from him and um and and we've been looking at you know the artistic approach to God and when when people paint a a picture when they paint a portrait you know Thomas Kincaid for instance like I can walk into somebody's home and I'm not I'm not like an art connoisseur but I can walk into somebody's home and I'm like oh that's a Thomas Kincaid because because it's familiar right and and he is so good at capturing light and so so we've been we've been looking about you know how God has a signature on all of his work and we're going to go through some of you know, some of that here in just a moment, but this is the first time that I've seen this picture here. And oh, that is absolutely beautiful. That is beautiful. Everybody take a look at that. I don't know if you can draw close on that right there, but a sailboat come on out in the ocean. And guess what? Just like any artist, Stephen's got his name right here on the bottom. Can you see that everybody? All right. Stephen, thank you so much. I really, really do appreciate that. And I'm going to put this in a special place in my home, sir. Thank you. I love that. Come on. What a great, great, great gift. And so Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 has been our key scripture. Let's take a look at that here this morning. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. I want you to know this, that whether you feel like it or not, you are God's masterpiece. How many of you know that God doesn't create any junk, right? God doesn't create any junk. You may not feel like a masterpiece, but I love that word masterpiece. It's the Greek word workmanship, and it really speaks of a piece of art. You are you are a piece of art that God is working on. And, and we've already talked about this, how he doesn't just take old broken pieces and then just begin to put them back together and make something, you know, you know, some something uh, that, that's that's pretty strong, but not really that strong because it's been broken and busted up. No, what he does is whenever you invite Jesus, come on, to come into your life, what he does is he gives you a brand new canvas. Somebody say, I'm a new canvas. And then he begins to work on that canvas and he creates a masterpiece. Come on, he goes to work. How many of you know that you've got to allow that work to happen though? How many of you know that you can fight God's work from taking place in your life? 
And so this Christmas, this holiday season, I encourage you, if you do anything, just say, God, you can do, you can have your way in my life. And so in week number one, and we're talking about the brushstrokes, how do we know that it's God doing the work? In week number one, we talked about how God changes us. He transforms us. He's not interested in just conforming you, you know, making you look like, you know, you know, that you're a little bit better than what you used to be. But he's in the business of transforming you into a new creation. Amen. How many of you will say this, that, that you're very different than you once used to be, right? You're a new creation. And then week number two, we talked about, we talked about freedom, how God, you know, sets us free. He who the sun sets free is what? Is free indeed. I think it's interesting. I was just thinking about this this morning that, that when God called Lazarus, Lazarus had been dead for a few days, right? And when, when Jesus arrives, he arrives and, and he's having all kinds of issues. And, you know, he's got some sisters that are upset with him. Boy, if you just had been here a little bit sooner. When Jesus arrives, he calls Lazarus forth. He'd been dead for a few days and Lazarus comes walking out. But isn't it interesting that when, when Lazarus comes out, he's still wearing his grave clothes. He's still bound, right? And so even though Jesus set him free and brought back, you know, brought life back into him, what did he do? He told those that were around to, to release him, to, you know, to take off those grave clothes. And so, so sometimes the freedom of the Lord, it takes place in an instant, but you still have to work through uh, some of, the, some of the, the things that you're bound by. The third thing that we talked about last week is we talked about that there's a reason for increase. And God is a God of increase. Like he wants to increase you. He wants to expand your territory. He wants to get resources into your hands. But Raul, he doesn't want to just give you resources so that you can be on display. And you can be like, just man, look at me. And look what, look what I have done. Boy, you see this brand new truck? And there's nothing wrong with a brand new truck. But I'm just saying, you see this brand new truck that I've got? And, 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 and you're just on display. Like he doesn't, he doesn't give you resource Come on, just for, you know, just, just so that you can look good. He gives you resource for a reason. He gives you resource for a purpose. Like there is a purpose that comes with his, with his blessing. And, and, and maybe you know what that purpose is. Maybe this holiday season, the Lord's saying, listen, I'm going to show you what that purpose is for. And so today, I know it's an interesting topic. Um, you know, on Christmas where we're, where we're celebrating, but it's really not that far-fetched. It's really not that interesting because today we're going to be talking about the supernatural power that comes in walking in relationship with the Lord. The supernatural can, can really kind of put people on edge just a little bit, can't it? I mean, sometimes you start talking and especially a church like ours where we have every single different background that, that calls Grace Church their home church. We've got unbelievers. Uh, you know, you're not unbelievers now, but we've got, we've got people that weren't raised in the church and then all of a sudden God begins to work on their heart, right? 
And, and, and then they find themselves here and then they raise their hand and they say, you know what? Yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ. They've, they've never, they've not been raised up in religion. They've not been, you know, they're not familiar like maybe you were familiar. And then we've got people that like myself that were raised Pentecostal, very radical, very, man, it was all about and, and still is about a move of God. Like I want to experience the power of God in my life. You know what I mean? I'll tell you this, that the greatest thing that you can do in any service is experience the Lord personally. And I'm not, it doesn't have to look a certain way, but if you can have an encounter with God, one encounter with God will change, will change your life. And then we've got all kinds of other different, you know, backgrounds. Maybe, maybe you've come from, and, and, and all of them, you know, Christian, but maybe, maybe you've come from the Methodist church or the Lutheran church or, or, you know, maybe you've come out of Catholicism and, and, and you find yourself here. All I'm saying is, is we've got, we've got a melting pot of people. And it's the beautiful thing about it is, is it all works. Because we're, we're, we're pursuant of God and we want everything. Yeah, that's right. There's more than three that can just clap your hands like it's, it's working, right? And, and it's because we desire, we desire to know the Lord and we want to be everything that God has called and created us to be. But for some people, you start talking about the supernatural. Come on, supernatural power. And you're just like, whoa, is, this, is the service going to get weird, you know, right about now? And... And, uh, you know, and, and maybe, maybe for good reason, because the supernatural gets a bad rap. Why? Because many times people have had a bad experience with it. Come on, from, from the beginning, you've got sorcery, you've got Moses, you know what I mean? Throwing down a, uh, you know, in the old Testament, throwing down a staff and, 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 you know, the. The people that were on the other side of that, you know, worshiping, worshiping, you know, false prophets and false gods. They're, they're like, listen, that's no big deal. They throw down a staff too, and it turns into a snake. It's just Moses' snake was much more powerful and eats the other little snakes, you know, that those, that those, yeah, right, right. And so, and so then you've got Simon the sorcerer that, you know, he, he's like, wow, man, I'm seeing this demonstration of power taking place. And, and he's looking at it, boy, if I could just learn how to do that, then I could make some money. You know what I mean? Teach me, teach me how to do that because I'll set up on a street corner and, and I'll start like healing people and stuff like that. And I'll just, I'll make lots of money. And so how many of you know that he's got it wrong? And I am telling you that the Bible talks about beware of false prophets and false teachers because they're all around us. And so what happens is, is in our local, you know, in, in our present time, somebody can have a bad experience with somebody that has wrong motivations. And then all of a sudden, it's like you throw everything into a basket Come on, that's all false and it's just not for us today. And so we walk away from, come on, the power, the real true supernatural power that is there, not the counterfeit power that people are using, you know, or trying to, you know, there's this, there's this guy by the name of uh, Peter Popoff and, and, and Peter in his, I was watching some, some, some videos and Peter in his younger days, you know what I mean? He got busted. He had a, an in-ear radio transmitter and he was one of those guys that, 
you know, that were just calling people, you know, out of the, out of the crowd. Like, like, is there a Javier Lopez? Javier, I just feel like the Lord is saying, you know, Javier Lopez. Is there a Javier Lopez in the crowd? And Javier, here I am. I'm here. Jump up. Just real quick. Jump up. I'm just like, here I am. And, and, and Javier beforehand, see, there's a woman in the background that's speaking into this in-ear monitor that nobody can see. Uh, yeah, he's, he, he's praying for back pain today. Javier, I'm just thinking that you got something, something wrong with your, with your back. I just really feel like, and I'm just saying that there's tremendous manipulation come on for all kinds of different reasons, for, for power, for prestige, and certainly for money. And so when you have an encounter, how many of you know when you have, when, when, you, when you're under something and you, you're believing for something and then all of a sudden that something is false, then what happens is, is we have the ability to throw the baby out of the bathwater, out with the bathwater. Now I know this is a Christmas service and this is kind of strange, but I'm giving you something today, come on, that you absolutely need, Right? We're not just going to have just a special service. I'm giving you something today that we absolutely need. And so I'm telling you, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. My approach to the supernatural has always been this. God, if it's from you, I want everything that there is. If it's not from you, I don't want to have any of it. And God, bring it into the light so that people can see, come on, the, the absurdity that's behind it. And so, so the supernatural can be, can be uncomfortable. I want you to know today that we're not just another religion that's trying to do something better than the, than the church down the street. Can I just talk to you like my heart as the pastor of this church? My heart is, is that we will be a church that creates space for the true supernatural come on to work. And I want to see more of the supernatural, like the real, true, supernatural power of Jesus, of God, come on, working in and through the gifts of God, come on, for the purposes of God. Like there's always a reason. It's not just to show off, but there's a reason as to why God does what he does. I mean, think about it. You might be here right now and you're just like, holy cow, if, if I knew that they were going to be talking about this, uh, you know, Christmas, I probably would have waited till the Christmas Eve service to come this morning. Like, may, like maybe that's, that's where you are. But let me just ask you a question here real quick. What part of Jesus' birth is natural to you? What part of the whole story is natural to you? He was born of a virgin. Never been with a man before. What part of that story seems like natural where you're just like, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so don't be so quick to push away Come on, the things that do not make sense to us. Because it is by faith that you walk in this relationship with God. Amen. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. Matthew 10, 1 says this. And when he had called his 12. This is talking about Jesus. When Jesus had called his 12 disciples to them, to himself. Now listen, up to this point, Jesus was born of a virgin. He was raised as a child. Bible doesn't give a whole lot of, of, of supernatural things that took place in his childhood. But one of the things that we know is he was teaching the most wise men that there were. And he was, he was just like spitting some knowledge that, you know, as a boy, that was just confounding them. 
right? They, they were just like, wow, where did this kid get all of his wisdom? And I'm sure that Jesus had fun. You know, we don't read about it, but I'm sure that there were some pretty cool things being raised, you know, with Jesus. I, I'm certain of it. And they're not, they're not, you know, littered throughout the scriptures and whatnot. But anyhow, he comes to the age of 30 and he finds himself at a wedding. And I just want to give a big shout out. Thank you so much to everybody that helped, you know, just, just, you know, create such a special day for my son. He got married yesterday, my youngest boy, Jacob and Bailey. I'm so happy for them. Please pray for them. And um, they're in Boise enjoying uh, being a newlywed here, here today. And so uh, what a beautiful, beautiful time. But, uh, but Jesus starts his ministry in Cana of Galilee, and he, it was there where he started his ministry, and, and really, he turned the water into wine. That was his first miracle that, that, is, that is recorded. And so, he's called his 12 disciples to himself, and what does the Bible say? He gave them what? He gave them power. He gave them power. Whoever said that, nice job. Good job. I love that. Power. Um, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. See, there is a purpose for the power, just like there's a purpose for the blessings of God in your life. There's something that God wants to do with it through you. There's also a purpose for the power. And it tells us to, to cast out unclean spirits and to heal all kinds, all manners of, of sickness, right? And disease. So at Jesus, when, when he turns 33 years old, do you know that the ministry that we see, it took place in only three years? All of the miracles, all of the cool things that we've seen Jesus do, it took place from the time he was 30 to 33 years old. At 33 years old, he goes to the cross of Jesus Christ, right? We're going to celebrate Easter here in several months. But uh, we're already, I know Matthew, Pastor Matt's already thinking about Easter, right? And so, so he went to the cross and he paid, for, he paid for the sins of the world. That anybody that would believe in him, that would receive him, would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And, and he rose again on, on which day? On the third day, and he appeared over 40 days to, to several hundred people. Jesus is walking through walls. How many of you know that's kind of a supernatural thing to do? Like, like, like we're just hanging out here. Could you imagine Jesus just walking through that wall and coming out here? I mean, I mean, that's what he did for a period of 40 days. He, he lived in a demonstration of power. He, he shown he was, he was doing uh, incredible things because of the power that, that, that he walked in, that he possessed. And so then all of a sudden we see the, the, the flip script and he's, he's getting ready to, he's getting ready to ascend into heaven. He's on the Mount of what? Mount of Olives. What's the garden that's at the bottom of the Mount of Olives? Gethsemane. And so, so he's getting ready to ascend and he speaks these last words he speaks these last words to over 400 people. And these are the words that he says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. And so he's telling these 400, he starts with the 12. Now he's telling these 400 that, listen, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We know that 120 made it to the upper room and they, 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 they experienced this power that Jesus was talking about. But I'm telling you today that he started with the few. He went to the multitude and now he's speaking to everybody that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you're going you're gonna to receive power. What's the purpose of the power? The purpose of the power is for the same reason that the power was given in the first place. Amen. And so those were his last words. And, and, and so while we're here to celebrate the birth of a king, and that's a beautiful thing, right? It's a wonderful thing. It never gets old. We're not here to talk just about what Jesus did, but we're here Come on to experience and walk in the promises that he gave. And those promises were in a demonstration of power. First Corinthians chapter two and verse three, it says this. I came to you in weakness. This is the apostle Paul. Now the apostle Paul was highly educated. He was educated under some of the, 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 the most brilliant men of his day. I came to you in weakness with great fear. And he's talking to the Corinthian church here. And with trembling, he said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. No, but with the demonstration of the spirit's power. Why? Now, listen, the apostle Paul could have confounded the wise with his brilliance. He could have come with eloquence. He could have come with 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 deep thinking, but he didn't. He came in a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And so when he shows up, he was demonstrating the power, not just trying to influence him through his words. You know, it's interesting. There was a blind guy that was, that was healed one day and everybody knew this guy was blind. And then all of the sudden they could see that a miracle had taken place. And, 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 and so, so the leaders of the day, they come to him and they are saying, listen, we're hearing that Jesus has done this. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Is, is, is Jesus really the son of God? And what was the blind guy's answer? He was like, listen, I don't know about all of that. All I know is that I was blind. I was once blind, but now I can see. Like, I don't know about all of that, but... And I'm just telling you today, like, I know what that is like personally. Come on, while I've always had decent eyesight up until recently, hit 45, everything went, to, went, went downhill, right? What happens at 45? Well, you lose your eyesight kind of starts. You know, I always thought I was going to have 20-20 vision. But I'm telling you, there was a time in my life where I was completely in darkness, Come on, I was ruled by, by darkness. I was oppressed and, 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 and just my, my heart was blackened. And then all of the sudden, the Lord came in. And, 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 and my life was changed and transformed. And I know for a fact that this room is filled with people just like me. Your story might be different, but, you're, but you would say that, wow, I have come and I've had an encounter with Jesus in my life will never be the same. But I'm telling you, how do you walk in the power that he's talking about here? You have to know him. You have to know him. 
Church, the greatest thing that you can do is just get to know the Lord. Amen. You have to know him. And, and as you know him and you walk with him, come on, then you'll, you'll begin to see this power move in and through your life. How many of you know that we're blessed to live where we live? Have you ever thought about that? And how many of you know that we live in a very religious place? Right? There's a ton of religion here. You know, they've got a, they've got a, a name down south for, for religious territory. They call it the Bible Belt. It's like there's a church on every corner. You know, when I moved from Boise out here, I couldn't believe, man. They got like, we, like we got four Assembly of God churches, I think, in the area. Four, three or four. And then we've got several Methodist churches. And how many of you know there's not a ton of people in the area? Like, this isn't like a huge city. I mean, it's growing and we're getting more and more. But, but you'll have four of this and three of that. And, and, and even though it's not hard to travel, you know, in this area, every little town will have their, their denomination. And it's literally like the Bible Belt in Idaho. You know what I'm saying? And then you've got the LDS church, which they've got churches on just about every, every corner, right? There's a lot of religion in, in our area. And then you've got Jehovah's Witness and you've got all the, you know, all the others. And, and, and so we just live in a very religious area. And how many of you know that there's a blessing that comes from that, Right? There's a blessing that comes from that. Even if everybody doesn't believe just like you, there's a blessing. Come on. Whenever you have so many people that are focused on family and, and, and just the good things like that, how many of you know that we have probably less crime because there's so much faith? So in this area, it would be hard to find somebody that comes from no faith background if they've been raised in this area. It's like, no, I have no background whatsoever, no faith background whatsoever. It'd be hard to find that person. But I'm just telling you that if it's just a matter of just believing in something, I fully believe that each person is going to be reading their Bible and they're going to come to the place of realizing, wow, is this really what life is all about? Is just believing in something and working hard to have, you know, a better family and, 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 and just, you know, having a good, creating a good name for myself and this and that. Because there's a conflict when you read God's word and you see the demonstration of power come on those that are sick being made whole. The dead being raised again to life. Come on, the lame walking, the blind seeing. Marriage is being restored instead of divided. Kids, come on, being delivered from addiction. Adults being delivered from addiction. You know what I'm saying? So, so even though there's a lot of religion in the area, and I don't care what you put over the door, a lot of religion in the area, if you're going to be reading God's word Come on, you're going to come to a place of realizing, wow, is this really all there is? Or is that what God has in store for me? Come on, his promises. Is that what God has in store for me? Some, somebody say there's more. Come on, there's more healing, deliverance, changed lives. Come on, it's real and it's available to you. I've had seasons in my life, and I believe that we all go through seasons, Tyson, where, where God will begin to give us visions and dreams. And, and, and in fact, one of the visions that, and the dreams that I've, 
that I've had is just being, it, it's so wild. We had family in town for Jacob's wedding yesterday, and I was able to take some of the family around and, and just show them the church. They wanted a tour of the church, and it just reminded me, walking down memory, memory lane, it reminded me just how good God has been to us. Amen. And so I'm walking them through and I'm like, this used to be the sanctuary and now it's the youth center and, and this, and I'm taking them through the classrooms and all the children's area in the section. They're just like, wow, what a great space for kids. And we added these classrooms and, and they're, you know, fantastic. And, and so, you know, they were experienced this in the lobby, but I was just thinking, I remember when all of this was just a just a dream. It's like, wow, I really feel like God would have us to do this. And now we're here every single week and, and the community gets to use this building for so many different things. Um, you know, whether it's weddings or, or funerals or, or, you know, letting, you know, some of the schools use it for kids presentations. I mean, it's just a real light spot in our, in our community. And, and, and so, so God will give you visions and dreams, and then you'll go through a rest period. And then all of the sudden you'll start dreaming again. And I'm just telling you, the Lord stirred me up again. I don't know how it's all going to come together, but I really believe that God's got some big things in store for our church and in this community. And so don't know how it's all going to happen, but I didn't know how all this was going to happen. And here we are. Here we are. That was like back in 2012, 2013. And here we are. Oh, by the way, and God paid for it all through the generosity of all of you. And I just want to say thank you again so much for that. Thank you for being a generous church. Amen. Thank you so much for being a generous church. And so um, John chapter 14 and verse 12 says this. It says, I tell you the truth that anyone who believes in me, anyone who believes in me, so you have to believe in him, will do the same works that I have done. By the way, this is Jesus speaking. Will do the same works that I've done. Come on, and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. Come on, is that big? Look, Gary, at what Jesus did. He's the one that raised the dead. He's the one that, that spit in the ground and, and wiped spit. And I don't know what that would be like today. But wiped spit in the eyes of, of the blind. And they were, able, they were able to see. Greater things will you do. Why? So that it will bring glory, come on, to the Father. It'll bring glory to the Father. How many of you ever been on a short-term mission trip? How many of you ever been on a long-term mission trip? Anybody? See, I'm all about, awesome, thank you, Dick. Um, I'm all about the short-term mission trip. Like 10 days for me is perfect, seven days is pretty good. Um, but do you know that there are people that live just like, for long periods of time, that live just like the locals live. You might be living in a mud hut and, and instead of, like you would be so thankful, you know what I mean, to go to Motel 6 every night. And we, we're just like, I'll never live in a Motel 6 or stay at a Motel I, I promise you, there are places where you would be like, give me that Motel 6 with, with, with soap and water. Because, because some missionaries, they go long term and they may bathe once a week. 
come on, in the river, just like everybody else, everybody else bathes. And so I, the Lord has called me to short-term missionary work. <laughs> Seven days, 10 days, perfect, come back home. And a lot of cool things happen. But, but uh, I want to I share with you, when I was in the Marine Corps, and I have to tell you this, that, that I wasn't walking with God. I was serving myself wholeheartedly. But at the age of 14, I had a woman that's like a second mom to me. She's since gone to be with the Lord. And her name is Linda Crane. And I just honor her life and her ministry right now um, on this Sunday morning. But she told me at 14 years old, she gave me Matthew 6.33. She said, Travis, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God's hand's going to be on you. But boy, you keep serving yourself and your life's just going to be a mess. And it was prophetic. And it was absolutely true. Well, anyway, I'm over in the Philippines, just, just in the Marine Corps, and I'm serving myself. I'm drinking all the time. Got a bunch of pent-up anger in me. Um, and then all of a sudden, I get a phone call from the United States, Hepner, Oregon, to the Philippines. She said, Travis, I'm coming. She had been doing work in the Philippines for probably seven years at that point. She said, I'm coming to the Philippines. Do what you have to do. I want you to meet me in Manila, and we're going to go way up north to Ilocos, to Gupan, and, and, and I want you to go on this mission. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, serving the devil right now. And now this this woman that's like a second mom is, is wants me. And I know for a fact, she's going to have me preach or do something that I've never done before, just because that's, that's what her nature was. And so I'm just, I'm nervous, but there's no way I can tell her no. Do you know this, that in, in, in some of these missions trips, it's not about the preaching and the teaching. Do you know, sometimes the approach is this, Bring me like, like pastors in these third world countries. Do you know what? Instead of convincing people, they'll just say things like, bring me your sick. I want all the sick to come to service tonight. We're going to pray for the sick. And guess what, man? They will show up. And guess what? They, they, they pray for them. And there's a demonstration of power. And I don't care what anybody says. I have seen with my own eyes people healed from malaria. I've seen with my own eyes, um, you know, even in the United States, I prayed for a woman that was going in for heart surgery. And, and, I, and I had this bold prayer. I was like, man, when she gets in there tomorrow, Tomorrow, have him send, send her home because her heart is healed. In this church, this happened. She calls me the next day, Pastor Travis. She's just crying and she's just celebrating. Guess what? They sent me home. My heart is fine. And so I have seen, come on, a demonstration of God's power. But here we are. We're, we're in the Philippines and Linda gets up. And, and, uh, and I guess these group of people would be they would be like a gang, honestly. Um, they're drinking in the, they're around the perimeter. They're just poking fun. You know, they're drinking, carrying on. And Linda's just preaching the gospel to the people, you know what I mean, that are there. And I was like, oh boy, something's going to happen. You could just feel something, something building. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the service, she with authority, and this woman's not real big, but I'm telling you, she, she knows who she is in the Lord. And she points at every 
every single one of those people that are just mocking and, and they're, they're drinking their alcohol. And she's like, you come here and you come. And, and they came. I couldn't even believe it. Like they came in all of their drunkenness. And she begins to lay hands upon them. And the next thing you know, those that were in mockery, those that were poking fun at the gospel going forward. Come on. Some of them were laid out and every one of them were just crying and just just crying out to the Lord. And I'm just saying this, that that is the God that we serve. Here you've got the devil that's trying to mess things up, that's trying to interfere with what it is that God's doing. But you have a woman that knows who she is and the authority that she carries in the Lord. And she's not shaken at all by those things. And she begins to call them out and they got saved that day. Amen. Isn't that fantastic? So fantastic. I'm going to share a story with you. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to skip a couple things. Let's, let's take a look at Luke chapter 18 and verse 35, because we're going to pray for some people here just real quick. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he had heard the noise of the crowd going past, he asked, what's happening? This is a very familiar story, I know. They told him that Jesus, the Nazarene, was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But the only, he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? How many of you know that there's two things here? Number one, how many of you know that you can get God's attention? I want you to know this, that Jesus, little baby Jesus that we're celebrating today is not a celestial Santa Claus. And he's not to be played like a slot machine in Vegas. Boy, let's see what we can get from Jesus today. Like those things do not work. Our approach of Jesus being Santa Claus does not work. But I am telling you that there is a sound. There is a language that you can speak that will get Jesus' attention. And he will stop. And whether that's desperation, whether it's faith, whether it's all of those things, there is a language that will make Jesus stop and say, bring that guy to me. I'm familiar with this. I've been waiting for this. I've been looking. Maybe he had been walking for a long period of time, just, just desiring somebody to speak the language. The second thing is, is how many of you know that Jesus already knew what, what, what the man wanted? But he asks him, what do you want me to do? The, the, the guy's probably like this, Jesus, Jesus, like, like he's blind. Of course he's going to say. And I'm just saying this, that there are times where God knows exactly what you want, but he's going to wait until you speak it. Because when you speak it, that's an activation of faith and so many other things. So what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Goes on to say, instantly the man could see. And he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. Luke chapter 18 and verse 35. I just love that. So five things that I want to give to you real quick. Five things that you can do. Come on to, to get God's attention. Five things that you can learn from a blind man. Number one is be passionate. Be passionate. How many of you know that... The Bible says that, that, listen, 
be hot or be cold, but don't be lukewarm. If you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. How many of you know that there's really one of those three that God wants you to be? Like he doesn't want you to be cold, but he's just saying, listen, cold is better than lukewarm. Cold is better than you just half stepping, you know, having a little bit of sprinkling, a little bit of Jesus here and there. It's like, listen, if you're going to mess with the world, just go be with the world. He wants us to be hot. And when you're hot, come on, you're passionate. Be passionate. Listen, you might be here for the first time and you're just like, what's this church all about? And I was, you know, I was invited and I finally came. And, and, and I'm just telling you this, that, that you can sit there for a little while Come on with the standard right over left, right over left. You know what I'm saying? Like with your arms folded right over left, just comfortable, just kind of viewing, looking at everything. What's this church about? Is it real? You know what I'm saying? What's this all about? Like you could sit there for a while, but there's a time where if you're going to call Grace Church your home church, you just got to jump in. I'm thinking of a pool. You know, when I was a kid, you had the pe people that kind of tapped the water and checked it out. Or you had the others that just kind of went running full board and just jumped in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with, with everything. And I'm just saying that if you're going to call grace your home church, at some point you need to jump all in. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this. It's not up here. God says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The second one is be persistent. Be persistent. God sometimes doesn't move the very first time that we ask him something. Be persistent. There was a lady that went to our church, Valley Church in, in, in Caldwell, Idaho. There was a lady that prayed and everybody in the church prayed for her husband to get saved and start coming to church for I think it was like 25 years. And, and you would get to the point where you would just be like, God knows you know, I don't need to pray anymore, but she would pray and she would ask, man, I just want, and guess what? He ended up getting saved and coming, you know what I mean? To the church, 25 years of prayers. And this was the cool thing. Everybody, everybody knew about this situation. And so when he came and he gave his heart to the Lord and he's starting to meet people, you know, and it, it, strangers are saying, yeah, I know who you are. Well, how do you know who I am? Well, we've been praying for you for a long time and, you know, welcome home. You know, it's been, <laughs> he's like, wow, they set me up, you know, uh, that's a good setup. But, uh, there's a story, um, you know, about a woman that, that was being misused by a guy. This is found in the book of eight, uh, Luke. And, uh, and anyway, she goes to a judge and the judge, the Bible says about the judge that he didn't fear God and he really didn't care what people thought about him. She's just crying out to him on a regular basis. You know, give me favor, give me justice, you know, from my, my adversary. And he's just totally ignoring her. Doesn't even care. She is so persistent. She is so persistent. They, they, the, the judge is like, listen, this lady is a nuisance and I'm afraid she's going to get angry and hurt me. Like li literally cause me physical harm. And so he's like, I'm going to give her the justice that she, that she's crying out for. And the Bible says, the Lord said that will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. And the answer of course, 
to that is yes. Number three is this, be precise. See, some of y'all are praying like, like God, I just, I just really you know, need your blessing and this and that. Some of you are praying, but I want you to know that God wants you to be precise. Just like the blind man, what do you want? Of course, I want my eyes, you know what I mean, to be healed. And it didn't take place until he spoke that very thing. And so whatever it is that you're dealing with today, be precise. The Bible says in James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. The next thing is be positive. Be positive. Why positive? Because whenever you approach God positively, come on, it comes from knowing that God is for you and he can do what it is that you're asking him to do. And number five is this, be praiseful. Be praiseful. The Bible says that he began to give God praise when he received his eyesight. And guess what? Everybody else that experienced that miracle, that demonstration of power, also began to praise him as well. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, you don't have this up here. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication or petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So even before you receive it, begin to thank him for it. Well, why in the world would I thank God for something that I do not have? You know why? Because it'll build your faith. I don't know about your kids. I want you to look about, just think about your own kids just real quick. I've got one son that, that he's a salesman. He's a salesman. And he will come to me, and his heart is genuine. Like, like when I say he's a salesman, you might think that, well, that means that he's in. No, this is one of the most generous and genuine kids that I have. You will just, you just, you just, his heart is, is good for people. He loves people and, and loves God. And so, but he will come to me, you know, sometimes, and he will just start thanking me. You know, thank you, you know, thank you, mom and dad, for always just, you know, being there. And, and I wouldn't be where I'm at, you know, without you. And then he will present a need that he needs from, from us. And, and <laughs> you got the same thing, Anthony, I can tell. You got the same thing. She's sitting right next to you. I guarantee it. <laughs> but but he, will, he will thank me. He will thank me for something that he needs. And, and I haven't even had a chance to tell him yes or no. Uh, about it. Like I haven't even gotten a chance to participate in whether I'm going to do that. And he's like, man, thank you. This is going to help me so much. Why is that? Because, because we've been consistent. We have been consistent. I will, I will, I will, I will help my kids with wisdom. I will help my kids if they're, if they're in need, I, I, I would just do it. And so he, he knows that. And I want you to know, I was thinking about this, and really that should be our approach to the Lord because God has wonderful things in store for you. Amen? And he is able, and not only is he able, come on, to give you the desires of your heart, come on, if it's, a, if it's something that is going to honor him and glorify him, then he also wants to do that as well. And so I'm just telling you, we're, gonna, we're just going to pray here this morning. We're going to end with, with prayer. I'm just telling you that, that maybe throughout this service, there have been some things that have just been coming up. You know what? I haven't really been persistent in my prayer. I haven't, I haven't been specific in what it is that I'm desiring God to do. You know, maybe you've got, 
I mean, you can have anything, but maybe you're here today and you've just been struggling in your marriage. And you're just like, you know, I just, I'm tired of, I'm tired of struggling in my marriage. And when I got married, you know, however many years ago that was, I just never thought that we would just be like coasting and, and just kind of getting by. I always thought that we would be thriving. And guess what? I just want to, I want to be that voice that reminds you that you can thrive in your marriage. Even though you've been coasting maybe for a period of time. You know, maybe, maybe this morning, you know what I'm saying? You're bound by an addiction. You're bound by an addiction and you've been wrestling with that addiction for a long period of time. And maybe few people know about that addiction and you're embarrassed because of the, addic the addiction. And, and you're, we're reading scriptures like, he who the sun sets free is free indeed, but you haven't experienced freedom you know what I'm saying in, in, in that era. And you're just like, well, that must be for everybody else. Maybe this morning the Lord is saying, I am calling you to have faith. Come on for your situation. You've been great. You've been so good in having enough faith for everybody else around you. But your faith has been lacking for your own need. And I'm just saying that I believe that God is going to give us a demonstration of his power this morning. And there's going to be people that are set free. I think that there's relationships that are, that, that, that are, you know, one of the things that the holidays are so good at doing is, is reminding us of broken relationships that we have. Brothers and sisters that haven't spoken because of something that's happened a long time ago. Daughters and mothers that haven't spoken. Sons and fathers. Sons and, 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 and daughters. I mean, the, the, the whole gamut, right? Uh, cousins. You know, husbands and wives where something has happened. Once again, they're sharing the same home, but not living, you know what I mean? A life that is just filled with vibrancy and love and, and passion and those things. And I'm just saying this, that, that listen, do you really think that that, like, like your, when I am, I'll just talk about me. When I'm stubborn, when I'm stubborn, does that glorify God? When I say, man, if, if this they're going to have to apologize to me or just whatever. Like, does that glorify God? And I just really believe that this morning, one of the greatest things that, that can happen is restored relationship. And, and maybe you're even in a place, this is just coming to me right now, but you're in a place where the relationship can't be restored, but you need to get some stuff off your chest and you need to maybe forgive or receive forgiveness from somebody that's not able to even even speak those things or, or, or participate in the conversation that maybe they've gone to be with the Lord, right? Maybe here today, some, you know, are dealing with financial problems and, and you were just so burdened and you, you were barely making it. Now, every, you know, cost of milk is going up and gas is going up and you're just like, man, I just can't, I was barely making it back here. And now everything is, is just costing more money and you're just strapped financially and you just, you can't breathe. And now you've got Christmas and you're thinking, how am I going to create and, and provide, you know, a, a nice meal? You know what I mean? For my family and, and, and create something special. And, and so in a time where the joy, come on, should just be pouring out of you and, and, and you should be so excited, you're feeling the pressure and the burden, the stress of just not having enough financially. And I'm just believing that God wants to do something in the area of finances to do to, uh, today too. 
Come on, whatever it is, a sickness in your body. You know, I'm thinking right now of, of, uh, of Crohn's disease. Um, uh, people that are dealing with abdominal issues and, and you're just, you're in pain. Um, I've met so many people recently over this last year that have been diagnosed with lupus. And lupus is one of those things that's just so debilitating, you know, um, where you'll actually have to, you know, just kind of stay in, in your home for a period of time because your joints and your muscles and everything are just, are just aching and they're, they're, they're hurting. And I'm just saying this, that this demonstration of power and the, and the blood that was shed upon the cross of Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? It, the, if it's powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it's, it's powerful enough, you know what I mean, to give healing in your body. But do you believe that? Well, well, pastor, why in the world do some people get healed and some people, why do, they, why do some get healed and some people don't? Good question. I don't know. But that's not going to keep me from asking because God is God. Amen. And I trust in his sovereignty. You know why some people get healed and other people don't? Because God is God and he knows better. Why, why do some people die sooner than, than others? Especially whenever, whenever it seems like their, their life is just counting so much. Well, because God is God. You know, we had a funeral for Pastor Rick Zimmerman a couple weeks ago. And, and uh, that was one that just puzzled so many people. You know, puzzled so many, so many people. Until you heard the testimony from the family. That because of Rick's life and then also because of Rick's passing the healing that's taken place in the family. So, so God will take the worst of situations and bring something beautiful come on from it. Amen? How many of you know we see this? God sees everything. We see this, and we're, we're always trying to force God and make God make sense. He doesn't make sense. He will never make sense. His ways are higher than, than your ways. And In fact, I think it was Luke chapter 10. You know, Jesus is... is, is Telling the people, he's like, man, you, you think it's amazing that demons, they bow at my name? He said, what should really be amazing to you is that your name is written in heaven. Your name is, and he's talking about salvation here. He's talking about salvation, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So maybe you're here today and you're just like, you know, I've had some conversations with some folks. I'm like, listen, if you were... If, you were, if your life was going to come to an end, are you saved? And sometimes people are like, yeah, absolutely I am. You know what other times people are like, I don't know. What a great opportunity to share with them. You know you can know. Well, how do you know? Well, you just trust in the work of the cross. You just believe that what Jesus did on that cross is for you. And then you give him control of your life. That's how easy it is. I believe in the work of the cross. And, and to the point where I say, I give you control of my life. I just wonder this morning if there's anybody here where you would just raise your hand. And you're like, I need prayer for something. I'm going to have you just go ahead and stand. If you, if you need prayer for something, everybody just stand up and, and raise your hand. We're going we're gonna to pray this morning. And we're just going to believe God. 
We're going to come boldly to him this morning. We're going to believe God for our specific, our specific needs. Go ahead and raise your hand if, you've, if you have a, a, a need this morning. Amen. I love that all over the place. So this is what I want to do because there's so many people, and we'll be here for two hours if we just have you all come up here. There's so many people. What I want you to do is I want you to keep your hand raised, and I want you to gather in groups of about four or five people, four or five people, and we're just going to pray for one another. Can we just do that right now? Let's just start gathering up right now. Four or five people right close to you. And don't just be with family. Bring somebody else into your family. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And if you're up top, please come on down and just, just join with somebody. Now listen, this is what I want you to do. You have to be persistent, right? And if you don't need anything, any prayers, go find somebody and just pray. You're either praying for somebody or you're being prayed for, okay? So this is the deal. Share what it is that you, that you need prayed for, unless it's just really, really personal. You don't have to share that. Um, but... but and then let's just begin to pray for one another. Tyson, I'd like for you to go gather up with some folks too. Everybody here, Mike, find somebody if you will, please. I'd love for you to, to just, I don't want anybody being alone here. Guys, this is, this is so important. Your prayers matter. Amen. Lord, we just thank you so much and we just come before you, God. And I just pray for a move of your spirit right now. I just ask in the name of Jesus Christ that, that, Lord, as your word says that you give us power, come on, to heal the sick, to cast out those that are, that are, that are, that are, that are being oppressed and possessed and, and, and dealing with issues. God, right now I just lift up anxiety and depression to you. And I say in the name of Jesus, you have to leave. God, I thank you, Lord, for, for the blood of, the cro- uh, uh, blood of Jesus that was shed upon the cross and I thank you, Lord, right now that, that there's salvation in that blood. But also, God, there is healing in that blood. And just as I had talked about, Lord, I believe that those that are dealing with, with any kind of abdominal issues, lupus, uh, Crohn's disease, just any kind of digestive issues that have been just a struggle for a long period of time. God, I'm just asking for healing right now in Jesus' name. I'm asking for healing, God. I'm asking for for restoration in relationships this morning, God. Marriages specifically, but not just marriages. I'm asking you, Lord, that you would just begin to move and just bless husbands and wives, God. And and Lord, help them to see how they can invest in that relationship even more. God, right now I'm praying for kids that, that that are just having a difficult time with addiction and making making good decisions, Lord. I just pray that they would, they would stop serving and seeking self and turn and serve and seek you, Lord. And I pray that the, the prayers that have gone up on their behalf, Lord, would just come to a place where, Lord, you would just move powerfully. Maybe there's a conversation that needs to be had even with a stranger. But Lord, I pray that there would be a surrender come on to you and a deliverance in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, I just ask right now that those that, that want to surrender to the work of the cross, they want to receive you. They believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, let them receive you right now all over this place. And I'm asking in Jesus' name that they would also surrender to you and say, Lord, my life is not my own. 
but it belongs to you. And I pray, Lord, that you fill them with your Holy Spirit so that they can carry out the work that they've been created to do. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let their name be written in that Lamb's book of life right now. Come on, life never to go back the way it was, but to be changed from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand clap today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Guys, we've got a worship song, and then we're going to go ahead and, and dismiss. We do have a baby dedication uh, this morning, and so you'll be able to stay if you'd like. But if you have to go, that's totally fine as well. But I just want to say Merry Christmas, and thank you so much for being here this morning. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.